0: an unmatched dual threat
1: Elliot for the touchdown Cowboys lead 9 seconds left looking to throw white
0: Welcome into the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a RotoViz podcast. This is the August twenty eighth episode, and as always, we are dedicated to answering all of those fantasy football questions. I'm your host, Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at @RandallRant. And today we are talking to one of these straws that stirs the drink over here at RotoViz, Curtis Patrick. Curtis is the co-owner and chief branding officer here at the Viz. Great writer. Insight covers anything and everything from a fantasy football perspective. He's the host of the Dynasty Command Center podcast and is one of the premier people in the industry to give you that analysis on players for the much harder Dynasty long-term perspective. He's also amazing at seasonal as well. So it's great to have him here on the Mailbag. Does it all. Must follow on Twitter at nfl. Curtis, great to have you back on the Mailbag, man. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Oh, what a privilege, man. This is this is such a great show. And I feel like when, when the mailbag energy comes back, it's it's building towards the season being here. And, uh, you know, with how crazy the summer's been and, you know, the, the lack of preseason excitement. Hey man, a little mailbag spot Uh, that's getting the juices flowing for me tonight. So I'm excited to see what questions uh, your listeners have. Yeah, we want
0: to fire away and and we got one here from our good old friend Colin Kelly here at the Viz Overtime Ireland. He wants to know, we'll start it off right with this one, man. What is the way that you consume the games on the Sunday? Like, do you do Red Zone? Do you do the NFL Game Pass so you can skip the commercials? I thought this was a great question. I find myself, usually I'm with the kids at one o'clock. I'll start watching the first couple games. Then we'll go out, we'll do something. I'll come back, watch the highlights and I can always hit game pass or red zone to sort of fast forward. If I have to, to see what's going on. How do you take in the games on a Sunday? Great question by column.
1: Yeah, that's, that's very, and you know, it's really key coming from calm too, because, you know, being across the pond and the other time zones, you know, he's got to have different solutions uh, to watch all these, all this action as well. Um, I'm in, I'm in the boat with you, Mike, I've got three kids age nine and under, Uh, we do the travel soccer thing. And in the fall, you know, we typically have some weekend games. So the early slate on Sunday is typically difficult for me to watch live. I do try to catch up on that. Primetime is, uh, the the primetime, the Island games, that's when the family kind of knows. Um, look, if dad has slid down to the Chase lounge into the couch, (laughs) um, that's, that's when, that's when. Uh, it's not a good time to, uh, to disturb, but you know, my, my wife is a, a great sport about it. And we kind of the deal we have in our marriage is I go just head first into the bachelor and the bachelorette and give her the enthusiasm she boy. wants to see. Yes, and and, yes. and then she watch she watches so much football. I mean, she knows who he on my fantasy teams. Uh, because, you know, the financial investment, you know, with those teams. So it's it's a good situation. I can't complain.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. That's exactly the way to do it, too. It's, it's a barter system, a quid pro quo, if you will. That's exactly what you have to do. Well, well said, my friend. Well, I'll start you off here with the running back class, right? The rookie running back class coming in. Of course, everyone is talking about it. And I think, Curtis, handicapping the rookies for seasonal is, is a huge deal because sometimes they're huge hits. Other times, like with Nick Chubb, you have to wait till halfway through the year in order to get yourself acclimated and become a contributor. And, of course, we saw Miles Sanders last year. But I'm curious here, seasonal and dynasty. So how are you looking at him this year? And are you higher or lower, let's say, moving forward in, in a dynasty? perspective. I'm going to start with the big one. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over in Kansas City, last running back pick in the first round of the draft, won a lot of people money because the over under on the running backs in the first round was 0.5. I know that well, my friend. So that was a big pick there. How's he going to do in Kansas City? And do you think he can be the long-term answer there in the backfield with Patrick Mahomes?
1: Oh, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's well chronicled Andy Reid's success with this, uh, this type of back and, you know, we know Patrick Mahomes called for him by name when they were actually on the clock. You know, let's go get Clyde, the excitement that's building there. And, you know, the, really the only the barrier to year one smash zone production for Clyde edwards helaire was going to be Damian Williams. I mean, he he legitimately had a good argument to be the Super Bowl MVP last year. Um, uh, an underrated player, really, for the production um, that we've seen for him in fantasy on a per game basis anyway. With him opting out of the season I mean, it's literally just wheels up on CEH. I don't, you know, I I know there's some people excited about DeAndre Washington and, you know, he knows Mahomes from college. And um, I've even seen some Daryl Williams uh, hype in the last 24 hours. So that's how that's how, you know, people are too bored. Um, you know, there, there's just, there's just no comparison between what, uh, Edward Zolaire brings to the table and the rest of this backfield, uh, you know, really on some elite production list and, and sec history in terms of his receiving production. That's obviously what we want for PPR. And, uh, he, he's really the only rookie that I feel super solid about having that RB one upside. Um, all the other rookies, I think that you have to have a little bit more patience with, either in terms of winning the role or their team situation just not being quite as rosy.
0: Well, it transitions perfectly to our next guy. I love Jonathan Taylor. He was my number one running back. I liked him a lot better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because I thought Edwards-Hilaire, while he was amazing, uh, obviously, in in LSU, he only did that for one season. And so Taylor was the solid running back coming out. Now, listen, he went to a great situation in Indianapolis. It's a little crowded there. Naeem Hines is the receiving back. Paris Campbell, of course, going to get a lot of receptions as well. And then you have Marlon Mack, of course, although today with David Montgomery's injury, I I was putting out on Twitter, maybe Marlon Mack to Chicago, which would be wheels up for Taylor. But I guess obviously Taylor's the guy there long term. But when do you think he takes over this year in Indianapolis?
1: Look, I think this is going to be very similar to you mentioned Nick Chubb. This, this really reeks of Chubb's rookie season with Cleveland when Carlos Hyde was in town. And we've got a veteran that we can trust that's, you know, been pretty productive in the NFL. Marlon Mack's a fine player. He, you know, he is a, a good runner of the ball. We've never really seen them. Uh, the team trust him with a lot of receiving ability, but you know, I think he did, you know, he, he did okay in college in that category he just hasn't been utilized that way. Well, now with Phillip rivers in town, you know, he's going to pepper any running back that's lined up with him in the backfield there with, uh, all the targets they can handle. But Jonathan Taylor, he's just a different animal. He's not even the same species as Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is on record in interviews within the last two weeks saying how special Jonathan Taylor is. And and if you've listened to the audio in those interviews, it's like Mac, he realizes he he realizes that he's not cut from the same cloth as Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you can hear it in his voice. There's a defeat there, but you know, the camp reports are that, that Mac is looking fantastic. You know, I had a back and forth with one of my, uh, my good buddies, uh, DFS, uh, mastermind, John Proctor earlier today. I'm going over some of the, the various beat reports from around the league. And we focused on the Colts a little bit, and you know i think i think this positive buzz it feels very frank reiki to just you know stay hooked onto his guy mac you know has been named the starter and they're gonna stick with the hot hand into the season but the colts have the best offensive line in the nfl i mean that's no one will argue that point especially um, when it comes to to rushing i mean stick jonathan taylor behind quentin nelson and i mean it's game over so what's gonna happen when he turns on the afterburners and hits that 70 yard uh big run. I mean, it. it's the hot hand is going to be Jonathan Taylor at some point. And, uh, you know, a, a guy that averaged over 2000 rushing yards per season in Wisconsin playing on the turf behind this type of line that he had in Wisconsin, very similar type of situation there. He's going to smash. It's just, you know, he's not a... And, and I think if you own him, you even start him in week one. Um, I think he's probably probably being underdrafted even in redraft you know he's often available you know even into the middle or late third rounds depending on how sharp your your draft crew is you know ffpc main events i'm seeing him go more uh toward the beginning of that third round but you know in like home league situation he'll probably be a steal for you and uh i've definitely got him you know he's in like that Top six range as a dynasty running back for for next season. If I'm fast forwarding to 2021, no doubt.
0: The next guy that I may be warming up to quickly here. It, when you look at your your backfields, we talked recently to JJ Zacharyson about where do you find late round running back value, and his response was go to those nebulous backfields that people are just avoiding because they don't know. Because if you pick the right guy, you can really go to the top. And I'm going to look at Cam Akers on the Rams. Daryl Henderson now a little nicked up. That provides some clarity. Obviously, an explosive offense. Most people don't realize Jared Goff led the league in in pass attempts last year. But Cam Akers ran behind a terrible offensive line at Florida State. Now on the Rams, Daryl Henderson a little nicked up to start the year. What do you think about Cam Akers here? And, And is he as good as people think he is? Because I think he's been braided a little bit a notch below the others simply because of that offensive line for the Seminoles.
1: Yeah, and kind of some of these reports kind of remind you of another guy that came out of Florida State, Dalvin Cook. Yes. I think you and I might have even talked about yes, Dalvin good Cook one. Uh, that season. Yep. And uh, you know, a, an elusive guy playing behind a suspect uh, offensive line in college, and then you know, if you get the the right team fit, you maybe you, you can explode. So the things that we like about Los Angeles for a running back, obviously Sean McVay, not afraid to um, give a, a ton of high value targets to the running back. Uh, position and maybe not even just the targets, but the opportunities, you know, Gurley among the league lead and, uh, and touched at total touchdowns for running backs, you know, pretty much since McVay took over, we even saw, uh, you know, some production from CJ Henderson in those areas uh, when he was left for dead and looked you know, like he should have been pumping gas or something, not playing football. So, you know, it's, it's a good situation in terms of trusting the running back uh, to cross the stripe You know, the Rams are a horrible offensive line. So Akers is going to feel familiar in that regard uh, when he's behind Goff in formation there. I'm definitely not as high on him as I am for Taylor because I just think Taylor is that different. You know, we need to be looking at Taylor as a Saquon Barkley level prospect. He's not being viewed that way because the overall strength of this class uh, and some of the favorable landing spots in particular for Clyde Edwards Hilaire are causing us to overlook just how Sterling Taylor's profile is. So, I mean, Akers is a cut below that. Certainly doesn't mean that he can't be an effective uh, fantasy back. I'm drafting him as kind of a low-end RB2. I do think um, Daryl Henderson will get some some chances this year. It will be a little bit more of a, a true committee uh, is, is my take on this. So I've got him admit running back 24 for the, the 2020 season. And, you know, as a younger guy coming in in this draft class, if he finishes there, you know, he's probably going to climb to that mid-RB2 range in terms of dynasty value for next year.
0: I got two more for you. DeAndre Swift in Detroit. My issue with Swift here in seasonal leagues is that on Johnson in a shorted preseason where we didn't have a lot of games, he's a talented guy. He has the knee brace. He said he feels more comfortable with the knee brace. I don't think fantasy owners feel more, feel more comfortable to carry on with the knee brace, but he does. When is Swift going to get a chance? Put him, I guess, Curtis, a notch below the other guys we mentioned. But maybe second half of the year, he could have a massive impact. What do you think here about Swift out in Detroit?
1: I'm ranking him pretty much the way that I'm I'm ranking Acres. You know, very low-end RB2, uh, flex-level production area. I think that's the right way to approach him. Certainly some upside, but there's no guarantee of it. Uh, Patricia and whoever his – Um, clowns running the offense have been since he's been in Detroit have never shown uh, any interest in having a single back system you know a lot of people want to make the talent argument that Swift is a cut above anybody that's been there I don't think that's necessarily off base Um, and and, you know I'm buying into kind of that methodology when I think about the the Philadelphia Eagles and Miles Sanders this year you know they've always had a, a committee in the past and now Sanders has shown that he's so good that you know I believe they'll go away from it so, you know, I, I can't perform double speak here, you know, with my analysis, but I do think it's going to take some time to sort it out. Um, maybe Swift produces as an RB1 toward the back half of the year, but just isn't projectable week to week at the beginning of the season. Um, that feels like a comfortable uh, way to approach this. Again, I'm, I'm not drafting these types of of rookies. The overdrafting stops after CEH and and Taylor for a redraft perspective.
0: Yeah, and then the last one here who's going to be our FFPC stat attack of the show, J.K. Dobbins, folks. FFPC is home to the the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, Dynasty, Best Bowl, and of course, the world-famous FFPC main event. So to learn more or to join a league, head to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And we have so many great tools here at Rotoviz designed specifically for that FFPC domination. And our stat attack With J.K. Dobbins is going to be for his teammate in the backfield, Mark Ingram. Curtis, the level of efficiency that Mark Ingram had last year was really incredible. He is on the wrong side of 30, but he was amazing. 15 total touchdowns. That was fourth among running backs. He had 1,000 rushing yards, really did a lot on a limited target share. 30 target, 26 receptions, had 247 receiving yards. But J.K. Dobbins, of course, having the great Twitter videos that are out there, and that can really move the needle in fantasy drafts here. So just how good is Dobbins, and what do you think he takes hold of this back? Field in Baltimore, which is a great landing spot for
1: him. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm a greater Columbus, Ohio area guy. I mean, I'm literally wearing yes. a We uh,
0: talked Last year, we talked about you talk about the Browns with your dad. Yes, that's correct.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm literally wearing uh, a shirt right now that says hang 100 on him. That's Ryan Day talking <laughs> about uh, Michigan. So, you know, I, I've seen every snap that J.K. Dobbins played in college very high on him. Um, and I think of, of the backs we've talked about, he's easily the best dynasty buy situation because this is a clear cut issue. I mean, Mark Ingram, there's no reason the team wouldn't ride him, especially the front half of the year and extract all the remaining value out of him, especially, you know, with the shortened offseason. He's familiar in the offense now. Um, there's just there's no reason to get cute. Let J.K. Dobbins, you know, uh, have high efficiency in year one. He takes over next year. You know, maybe the guys who drafted him get a little bit impatient as the season wears on uh, or struggle. And you can move, you know, an aging veteran, uh, you know, for for a player like J.K. Dobbins. So it's actually, I think, a blessing in disguise because he's going to explode. He's going to explode next year. Um, I did an exercise with Scott Barrett and Sean Siegel uh, a couple weeks ago. And we called him running back dynasty crystal ball rankings. Yep. And what we tried to do is put ourselves in the mindset of February 2021. What do we think happened during the 2020 season and how are each of the three of us ranking dynasty backs at that period in time? And uh, J.K. Dobbins, for me, was an easy dynasty running back one at that point. Just just off of I, I think he's going to give us the right type of fantasy efficiency this year. I think it might be a Miles Sanders esque rookie season, uh, maybe not quite to that level, but back half, he really starts to show it. And then, you know, the runway just opens up for him next season. So very excited about Dobbins. They run the same type of uh, run scheme uh, as he's used to at, at Ohio State. And I think whichever back is, is taking handoffs from Lamar Jackson is, is always going to be a desirable target in, in fantasy, even Gus Edwards. Uh, you know, if, if Ingram were to go down, I think Edwards still has a, a material role as Dobbins is kind of being brought along this season.
0: Yeah, there was a fake rumor out there on Twitter about Gus Edwards being traded. It actually got me excited for a second because, you know, Gus Edwards has been an efficient back. Technically, he's been the most efficient back in Baltimore there, just hasn't gotten the opportunities. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheroOne CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. Now, it started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He caused TheraOne to bring you these CBD products done right. A lot of the CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA-certified, organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body bomb for the targeted relief, and that sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September seventh, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, but you've got to go to theragun.com bluewire if you don't love what you get from TheraOne Send it back to them for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at TheraGun.com slash Wire, But only until Labor Day. Go right now to TheraGun.com slash
1: Wire. At RotoViz, we love titles. We love hardware. We love championships. We love winning. And we love it when you do it too. In 2020, one thing we want to win with you is the underdog Fantasy best Ball Mania 1 million dollar best ball tournament It's $200,000 to first place It's only $25 to enter It's a no brainer This is like the elite best ball title this year So you gotta go to underdogfantasy.com Or download their great Underdog Fantasy app In the app store on your smartphone device And you're gonna make a deposit You're gonna use code Rotoviz When you make that deposit Then you're gonna go refer five friends And Underdog and Rotoviz will give you A free entry into the best ball mania tournament so it's, it's kind of like a two-for-one. You sign up, you put in 25 bucks, you enter the Best Ball Mania Tournament, you get five buddies to play, you use code ROTOVIS, you get a free entry. No-brainer, guys. Let's chase that glory. Two hundred grand. If $25 is too pricey for you, they've got a $5 tournament called The Bubble, and you can win twenty grand in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name. You see the ownership. You see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. Man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code Rotoviz and chase that glory. Sunday,
0: Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. Finally, with NFL TV, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and Direct TV fantasy zone channels. Never miss your favorite team and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFL TV is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use that promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout. You get your 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use that promo code BLUEWIRE. Curtis, you wake up in the morning, you're going to have a bowl of cereal. Jake Seeley has talked about this now, and this has become a staple of the mailbag. What are you eating? Are you going to have cereal? And if so, where are you going with this? This is a very intense, metrically defined question that we've had on the mailbag.
1: Well, well, listen, You know, I I appreciate Jake's uh, enthusiasm for the topic, and I'm definitely one that believes you should be yourself. (laughs) <laughs> but no, but, but no self-respecting like man of my, you know, Jake's younger than me, but no self-respecting man like my age is waking up and eating like cinnamon toast crunch. I'm <laughs> in my late thirties. It's just not happening. It's just not happening. Uh, personally, um, I, I generally abide by, uh, you know, a diet where I'm, I'm kind of anabolic fasting. I'm re- I'm really not eating Uh, I'm not really not eating breakfast on a typical day anyway, It's part of a, a a fasting regimen that I do. But if I was going to have to eat some cereal, it would definitely be something more adult, like maybe Quaker oats squares or, you know, maybe some, some frosted mini wheats, um, to get my fiber and get the the bowels moving. Um, that's the, that's the the stage of uh, my life that I'm in. You need to talk to some of these young DFS (laughs) kids if you want better cereal. takes. I got frosted mini wheats in my
0: cabinet as well. There's nothing wrong with that. We cover everything here on the mailbag. Bowels moving. Look, folks, we've covered the gavot. No problem. Let's get to KJ in Seattle. Loves the show. My Seahawks are going to fly this year, but I feel like our backfield is not going to go as planned. Chris Carson's been great, but I can't get out of my head that he's still that seventh-round pick, and the fumbling issues are always there. What do you see in this backfield over the next few years? Specifically, can Rashad Penny be the main guy? And also, give me a rundown on DJ Dallas Curtis. This is right up your alley. Talk to us here about Seattle.
1: Oh, my goodness. So uh, this there's so many layers to this because it's three types of backs that I really like to uh, discuss. And so I'm going to just pretend this question is for me and not for the mailbag. So <laughs> so with Chris Carson, I mean, it's definitely not checking the, the draft pedigree boxes, but he's given us so much. You know, it reminds me of another situation where we had uh, an elite producer in Seattle, didn't play running back, but an elite producer in Seattle without draft pedigree that, you know, all he did is show up year after year after year and score. And that's Doug Baldwin. Yep. Good call. Um, and, you know, he was a border borderline wide receiver one wide receiver two for, you know, a number of years in the slot. And, you know, Chris Carson has given us back to back top 14 running back seasons uh, in, in total scoring, despite only playing 14 and 15 games respectively in those seasons. Um, he has a massive bell cow role in terms of opportunities in 2019 even though he only played 15 games, ranked sixth overall in total RB opportunities, fifth in rushing attempts, fifth in rushing yards, 10th uh, in total TDs. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's a good uh, 11th in expected points. So it's a good role to have. And with Rashad Penny, unfortunately, you know, looking like a, a pup list guy for the beginning of the season, there's nothing in the way. Now, Penny looked fantastic from an efficiency standpoint last season. He gave us the flashes of why, you know, Guys like me were taking him at the 102 and uh, rookie drafts when he came out uh, several years ago, and unfortunately, he just hasn't been able to string it together. So I'm holding out some hope. Um, that hope is more um, as you know an effective committee back at this point, at least for this season. And you know I own so much of him in dynasty that I'm already invested. So it's hard for me to even recommend going out and buying a guy uh, that's in this situation. I don't really buy um, Pete Carroll's enthusiasm on DJ Dallas quite yet. Uh, the idea that Seattle would choose this player to all of a sudden start passing to their backs is egregious to me. Um, they've had other players with, um, more receiving ability, including CJ Proceis and Travis Homer, who's already been there. So, so I'm not, Hey, good for DJ Dallas. He's making the most of his opportunities. That's all we can ask of a dynasty dart throw like this player. Um, still don't think he's really a threat to Penny, uh, even in that backup role, as long as Penny actually figures out the health situation.
0: Yeah, and, and Pete Carroll hyping players up is not something that we can rely on. That's that's just his thing that he does. You know, the Raiders have committed to trying to build sort of a better offensive mousetrap than Kansas City, or at least if you can't beat them, join them. I don't know if that's possible, but there are a lot of players with upside on this offense. Terrell Williams now looks like he's going to be out for a while, but they have rugs. Brian Edwards has been, you know, all over Twitter here. Fantasy Twitter has been all over Brian Edwards. Darren Waller, Lynn Bowden. So where are you here on this passing offense on the Raiders here? They're in Vegas. They're going to open up the season at Carolina. It's interesting because no one's really high on on Derek Carr. But if you like this Raiders offense and you like the weapons that they have, I think you have to be. But where are you specifically on the passing offense here, the Raiders?
1: Yeah. So the only the only investment I want this year is Darren Waller. Um, I think I actually think that Darren Waller set up better this year than he was last year. Uh, maybe maybe the volume takes a slight hit. But it's going to be really difficult for opposing defenses to key in on Waller now. They're going to have to respect Ruggs' speed on the outside. And as soon as Edwards establishes himself as a a talented uh, possession receiver uh, who also has some yak ability, you're just simply not going to be able to give all the attention to Darren Waller uh, that you would like to give. So he's definitely the the redraft investment. And I actually still kind of like him for Dynasty. He's a little older than people realize because it took him so long to get some traction. But um, you know, with with Rugs and Edwards, you know I think they're both going to be fine long term plays. Still don't know if Derek Carr is the long term solution. It looks like Marcus Mariota maybe is falling behind to the point where we don't need to worry about a potential mid season quarterback swap. But I need to see probably more quarterback talent there before I get super excited about either one of these players. So Henry Rugs, I think I'm famously not you know interested in his profile. His profile reeks of an overdrafted speedster. I totally understand, you know, things like and concepts like teammate score and that, you know, Alabama is a difficult place to to earn target share and you know he's not, you know, their offense isn't playing four quarters of football all the time and so using counting stats isn't, you know, necessarily the best way to approach players from that system. Totally respect all of, you know, all those counterpoints, but you know, the bottom line is players that look like rugs from a collegiate profile standpoint simply don't hit in the NFL. So I'm definitely in a see it and then I'll believe it uh, spot with Henry Ruggs. I don't have any shares of him anywhere, uh, despite plenty of opportunity to accrue them. I'm I'm totally fine paying face value for him if he does end up being a hit. Brian Edwards, you know, of course, broke out at age 18 and then kind of just plateaued uh, the rest of his college career. So uh, the early camp reports are great, you know, but again, I think that maybe uh, those two guys uh, cannibalize each other a little bit. And again, that just leads to Darren Waller being the attractive investment here. Mm -hmm. And with Lynn Bowden, I think you brought him up. I think he, you know, he's kind of looking like an, a gimmicky offensive weapon type. You know what, what I'm envisioning here is like, you know, a couple years ago when Ty Montgomery first was getting a lot of attention in green Bay. Uh, that's the type of role that I see. And it's not that it couldn't be valuable for a fantasy, but I think it's hard to project. Now, if if like Jacobs were to miss time, he would become an auto start in weeks where, you know, he was filling in. You know, I think I remember a game where Ty Montgomery, you know, technically started at running back, but he had like 10 or 12 receptions or something like that. Um, And I could see Bowden having some really weird games. But uh, again, I'm going to need to see how he really fits into the scheme here, because there are a lot of mouths to feed, but one only one true alpha.
0: What's interesting with the Raiders is. You want to have part of the Raiders in fantasy. It's just the the old Al Davis way, right? The big play. But if you look at what they're doing, even Josh Jacobs, obviously, Josh Jacobs is one of the top running backs. He had a great rookie year last year. I think it was RB15 and PPR. But they're, they're telling they want to throw the ball, Josh Jacobs. Yet they're going to bring in Theo Riddick. They're going to bring in Devontae Booker. So like, I understand those are not major names, but I think Curtis, at some point, what they do has to matter. So it seems like the whole offense is very nebulous right now. And I like Jacobs. I do. I just don't know if I see a lot of value here in any specific person. Maybe Waller, but you have to believe he's going to do it again, right? I, I, I feel like their actions are, are clouding the issue. No.
1: Yeah, I mean the path to ceiling for for most of these guys uh, has to do with getting in some shootouts with Kansas City, um, and if you actually believe in the Las Vegas offense that you know they'll be able to you know chase them up the scoreboard and not just be demoralized when they're trailing by thirty. Um, so that I mean I think you know they clearly drafted this team to compete with Patrick Mahomes. They they believe that they need to outscore Kansas City to win the division. Um, you got to hand it to Mayock and Gruden for constructing the team this way, but. You know, I, I, again, let's let's see it before you know we invest in some of these options over uh, either rookies in better situations that are more projectable or proven veterans.
0: I want to talk to you a minute about FanDraft, Fantasy Football Online Draft Board at FanDraft. You can take your league's Fantasy Football Draft to that next level with FanDraft. It's an amazing online Fantasy Football Draft Board. What they do is they make your draft feel like the actual NFL draft with features such as like a streaming ticker, a live draft clock, incredibly cool, custom logos, team walk-up songs, multiple draft board displays, so much more, guys. It's incredible. FanDraft can be used offline for in-person drafts. You can export the display via projector onto a large TV screen for the league to enjoy. Or you can do it fully online, and any number of the league owners can join the draft remotely. So you can do it now remotely, which is more important than ever, or you can do it in person. You can perform traditional and auction-style drafts, FanDraft supports, IDPs, rookie-only drafts, keepers, and any customization you need for your league requirements. Sign up now for a free trial account at FanDraft.com. When you're ready to order the pro account, make sure you use the promo code rotoviz 15 You save 15% off the purchase. Again, that's FanDraft.com. Use that promo code ROTOVIS15. You save 15%. Incredible fantasy football online draft board. Going to take your drafts to the next level. We have a great team of writers here at, at Rotoviz and and we put out a bold predictions article. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about your bold prediction because no one is really buying into the Bengals right now, especially A.J. Green, now banged up again. So Joe Burrow coming in, a lot of hype, of course, first overall pick. And you're seeing value here at, at a position quarterback that's as deep as it's ever been. So talk about a little bit about your bold prediction here with Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah, I've been gobbling up um, Joe Burrow in – uh, these underdog fantasy best ball mania tournament drafts in the in, over the last week, I just think he has so much unique touchdown scoring upside. I mean, so Cincinnati is in a very competitive division. They're gonna have to score to beat the likes of Baltimore, a Ben Roethlisberger Steelers team, uh, and the Browns. And, you know, Burrow can run. This is something that people aren't really, you know, we saw it in the in the primetime games. But if you look at his junior and senior seasons in LSU, he averaged 27 rushing yards per game. And he had 12 rushing touchdowns over those two seasons. So this is like, you know, early career Aaron Rodgers level rushing upside uh, where it's it's actually changing his weekly floor. It's something that you can start to count on. And it starts to win you some weeks. Uh, you know when the, when the Bengals lose thirty one to forty eight, and he's got three hundred yards and uh, through the air and a couple of touchdowns, and all of a sudden there's forty in a in, in a scramble for a touchdown on the ground. He just has some of these huge weeks. So, um, Burrow is super interesting to me, particularly in best ball. I wouldn't want to depend on him in uh, in a roster management league necessarily for redraft purposes, but. I think, I think Joe Burrow is really going to be a star in the league. I really do. The, the Bengals have done a good job of constructing weapons um, that will complement his skills and give him different types of players to throw the ball to. You know, if A.J. Green can stay healthy, you've got the savvy veteran who can still win one-on-one matchups. They've got T. Higgins as a long-term you know, red zone and possession-style receiver. John Ross can take the top off. Uh, Auden Tate Uh, is having a fantastic camp and looks to be uncoverable in the end zone. then, of course, you got Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard, a pair of uh, pass-catching backs that really give him some outlets. I mean, I I just think the stars are aligned here. And so, yeah, my prediction is that Joe Burrow breaks the rookie QB touchdown uh, passing record held by Baker Mayfield and also the total rookie uh, quarterback uh, touchdown record held by Russell Wilson. So 30-plus touchdowns for Joe Burrow. Is my prediction, and I am drafting him and putting my money where my mouth is.
0: Uh, It's a great call, and it's unique as well. Another article you wrote yourself fantastic article here. Marquise Brown is a virtual lock to set the fantasy world ablaze in 2020. And I get it. People love Lamar Jackson, and the recency bias says, oh, they don't pass that much, they just run. But Marquise Brown dealt with a lot of issues last year. He's coming to the preseason a different person. Talk about this because I agree with you. I think he's one of the best values here in
1: seasonal. Absolutely. Uh, he's a, one of the best values in seasonal and probably the strongest dynasty yep. uh, by anywhere. Because, I mean, if Marquise Brown doesn't smash, it would be more of a surprise that than when he does. So I did, I did some uh, – I really love to do historical – cohort screening, um, when trying to find, you know, what might happen with a, a unique type player, because the, the more types of similar profiles that we can find, we start to compile a range of outcomes for what we should expect, uh, in year two in particular for rookies, we're looking for some jumps. So, you know, the way I wrote this, wrote this article was kind of, um, you know, a little bit tongue in cheek, but I use this, uh, this, uh, format called the duck test. And the idea here is that if something looks like a duck and it swims like a duck and it quacks like a duck, then it probably is a duck. You're I mean, giving me
0: could, a name it, for the podcast right now. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah,
1: the, the duck test. So, I mean, it, it, it could, it, it's possible. It could be something other than a duck. But, you know, it looks, swims, and quacks like a duck. It's probably a duck, okay? So I ran Marquise Brown through a series of screening uh, mechanisms um, kind of following uh, that methodology there. So I, I said, you know, for a player to look like a duck, uh, he needs to have been drafted in the first round and and I'm looking at the past decade, okay? So the past decade's worth of uh wide receivers drafted in the first round. Um to, so to swim like a duck, um I said you needed to have a material role as a rookie. So, you know, five averaging five targets per game. That's where I set the bar there. So that that is either you know, at some point in the season, you became a true alpha and you're getting seven, eight, nine targets. And it's, you know, it's, it's making your year end numbers look good or you're just involved from the jump, which would be the ideal situation. So look like a duck draft in the first round, swim like a duck involved in the offenses. And then quacks like a duck. So to quack like a duck. You need to be efficient on a uh, per opportunity basis. And at wrote of his, we use something called fantasy points over expectation per yep. attempt. R E F P O E P A <laughs> uh, for short. <laughs> so it's uh, almost easier to just say all the words. Um, and so when, when you run all of the receivers since 2010, the rookie receivers through those three screens, you end up with just 10 players um, that were drafted in the first round, averaged five targets per game as a rookie and were efficient on a per target basis. Uh, here's The list, Mike, Calvin Ridley, Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, Des Bryant, A.J. Green, D.J. Moore, Amari Cooper, and Devontae Parker. Well, all right. How about that? (laughs) Number 10 was Marquise Brown. Okay, so he's the (laughs) only guy we don't have year two data on. So when you look at year two for this cohort, 80% of those players scored at least 200 PPR in their second season, and they averaged 237.5 PPR uh, in year two. So over the last 3 years, 237 and a half PPR. Uh, would have been uh, wide receiver 10 in 2017, wide receiver 15 in 2018, wide receiver 12 in 2019. You know, and, and the only miss here is Devontae Parker who still scored uh, 150 points in the second year and you know from a dynasty perspective he finally did, you know, break out, you know, way down the road. So, you know, Marquise Brown just you can't find players who didn't succeed uh, That had rookie seasons like he had And then when you throw in that he's in one of the best Offenses in the league you know That's going to prop, uh, prop up The safety net there in terms of uh, Protecting him from failure And then Lamar Jackson, while he might regress From a passing touchdown efficiency standpoint I still expect that team to score A hell of a lot of touchdowns In in 2020 So you know the opportunities are going to be there And he has that trump card, it's the speed He can score over the top So we don't have to necessarily project 150 targets for a player like Marquise Brown, because we think he's going to be more like a Tyree Kill that can give us wide receiver one numbers on 120 targets instead, because at any time he can score from 70 yards away. So, yeah, absolutely love Marquise Brown uh, this year and, you know, into the future.
0: Absolutely. Quacking away with Hollywood. Sounds good what i'm trying to do here curtis is get some positive vibes going the last few weeks you know teachers are, are opening up soon in many areas some have already started kids are back they're virtual back and forth here and, and sort of a thankless profession so i'm just curious asking everyone who's a teacher here in your years that you remember somebody growing up who you just you know think the world i want to give a quick shout out to
1: man i, I love this question um so first shout out to my wife and her family. They're all educators I'm married into a wow. an entire family of, yep. of teachers her, her father was a physics teacher. Uh, her mom was an elementary school teacher. My wife was an elementary school teacher. So I'm very familiar uh, with the sacrifices um, and, and unique challenges uh, associated with that lifestyle. Uh, there's some benefits, but definitely some um, some negative things that come with it, too, in terms of personal sacrifices. So I would love to thank Carol Tannehill. So Mrs. Tannehill was my fourth grade teacher uh in elementary school here in the, the Central Ohio area and she was the first teacher that really made school fun and it's because she kind of taught each kid the way that they needed to be taught i don't know how she did this for 20 kids but it's almost like she was mothering them you know as a parent i think you you know ideally you would give each kid the type of tutelage that they need given their unique skill sets and personalities and that's the attitude she had as a teacher she also uh she taught me to love books Uh, And she led our Battle of the Books team. I don't know if your school had one of those uh, growing up. Oh, sure. Yeah. But but yeah, I I loved the books so much that uh, I was the captain of the Battle of the Books team uh, in her class. And she just made that so much fun. Um, Definitely one of my favorite years in elementary school.
0: Oh, excellent call. Moving on here, rookie wide receivers. I'm curious, both of these guys... Brandon Ayuk and Jalen Rager project for a huge impact to start the year. Ayuk because of the injury to Debo Samuel and Rager because he's getting reports out of camp. He's moving all over the place, and I understand uh, Djax is there. But uh, besides the first couple games, Djax is older and, of course, does have an injury history. So, who do you like better for an impact this year? Ayuk or Rager, or maybe you like them both?
1: Um, so, I definitely like Jalen Rager better uh, this year and into the the long term. So, there's less there's less competition at wide receiver in the long run uh, than, you know, IUC has, you know, Debo Samuel isn't injured forever. He's injured for, you know, part of the season and then he's going to come back and then you have George Kittle there for the long run. And he's significantly younger than you know, he's hanging on in that similar, you know, tight end uh, target soaking role in, in in Philadelphia. So I think Rager is probably, I mean, I think he's really going to end up at uh, at the end of the year as a wide receiver, too. I think he's going to be a top 24 wide receiver uh, as a rookie. And, you know, I I was talking about the crystal ball rankings that we did for running backs at the top of the show. Well, I had Ryan McDowell and Rich Rebar uh, on for a wide receiver version of that podcast. And in 2021, I'm already projecting Jalen Rager as a top 12 dynasty wide receiver and my personal rankings, uh, number 11 overall. So, you know, I, I think he. If anybody's going to be, you know, A.J. Brown level productive this year as rookie, uh, it's going to be Jalen Rager.
0: Wow. Good call there. Yeah, both of them. And and Rager certainly seems versatile. And the Philly fans didn't like that pick, but they may change their tune there. Especially I put a tweet out the other day. Carson Wentz always starts the year hot in week one They are at Washington. You could see an explosion there right away time for redraft lightning round. I want you to tell me which player you like better at the current ADP. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf going right next to each other back-to-back there around that wide receiver 14-15 area there. Do you have a preference between those two in Seattle?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I I like them both. Um, if I can pick between the two, I'm still drafting Tyler Lockett. I think he's going to out-target Metcalf and have a little bit uh, more stability from a week-to-week uh, perspective. But and, and I think it's also hard to as much as we love Russell Wilson and we want them to take the training wheels off someday. And he's even begging for it publicly. I think he uh, said something on Twitter to the effect, uh, you know, could we please play the rest of the game? Like we play the fourth quarter. Um, But you know, Lockett is he's, he's been there. He's the, the proven reason, the proven uh, producer there as the, as a veteran, I think DK, the thing that he has is, you know, it wouldn't really surprise me if he led the NFL in touchdowns. Um, but I just think Lockett is is more projectable. And so I'll take that safety week to week.
0: Better PPR season this year. I love Tariq Cohen, and the Montgomery News could swing this. Or the longtime favorite of many of us here, Duke Johnson. We're just waiting for Duke Johnson to get a chance here. Who do you think has a better impact this year, Cohen or Duke?
1: It's so frustrating with Duke Johnson. I mean, he's even got like multiple top uh 18 PPR seasons uh, positionally, I think, uh in 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 Cleveland. uh, always was hoping he would get more work. But um I think especially in consideration of today's David Montgomery news, you know, this is a little bit of a timely question. So Tariq Cohen was already a heavy target for me. Um earlier in the in the offseason was drafting him maybe toward the tenth round. He's creeping up a little bit and I especially think he'll spike now. Uh, maybe another round or round and a half until we get some clarity around the Chicago running back situation. But um, yeah, I, I think I like Cohen better uh, just for um, you know, the way that Chicago has already shown they can keep two backs involved. Uh, you know, I, I, I it's tough to go all in on David Johnson, but I think last year he's getting a bad rap for how last year played out in Arizona. I mean, he was he was probably going to be a top three uh, redraft running back last season until. You know the, the injury ended his season. I mean, he just absolutely smashed the first half of the. It's the video. Uh, the first Once month. a yeah, video it,
0: gets out, Curtis, everything changes. It Was that one sweep against the Buccaneers? <laughs> that was
1: Yeah, that man. It. I mean, I, yeah. Like I, I feel like I probably would have made the corner quicker than him on that play. But um, you know, I like Duke Johnson. This isn't a, this isn't a player talent take. It's just T- Tariq Cohen has a projectable projectable role to start this season, and he does not even need an injury to reprise that role. Duke Johnson you know he was a late addition to the Texans last season but never really asserted himself when his only competition was Carlos Hyde and I, I do happen to believe that David Johnson is still a more complete and more talented back than Carlos Hyde so uh, yeah I'm taking Cohen here pretty easily.
0: Probably a question for two quarterback leagues, Sam Darnold, who projects to have a ton of negative game script, but he's got Perriman banged up now, or Daniel Jones, who obviously last year, interesting staff for Daniel Jones, he finished as the QB one, two, three, four, and 5, each one of those <laughs> during one of the weeks, but has a brutal schedule, Curtis, to start the year. Obviously, you're not probably going to start either one of these guys, maybe later in the year you will, but Darnold or Jones, do you have a flavor there in like a two QB league?
1: I, I have plenty of Daniel Jones exposure, <clears throat> both in, in dynasty and redraft. Uh, he yeah, he is the only rookie quarterback since 1970 to post multiple games of over 300 passing yards and three touchdowns with zero interceptions. Wow. You know, 11, 11 other rookies did it one time. Uh, you know, he did it a handful of times last year. Really weird season. And then when you give him credit for the fact that he never had his full complement of weapons on the field at the same time for even one game. You know, never had Barkley Tate Shepard and uh, Slayton, uh, Slayton, Slayton yeah. and, and Slayton on the field and Ingram I mean think of all these guys they're like they're all individually talented I mean I, I think the Giants are a little bit underrated as an offense and I think uh, Jason Garrett is the right type of of coach here I'm a little worried about Joe Judge maybe being too much of a Gettleman-esque um, uh, personality uh, with some of the things he's talking about you know making sure that we're hitting Daniel Jones in mm-hmm. camp but uh, you know, I do think that the surrounding talent's good enough, and Jason Garrett has definitely led some talented offenses in ca- in, uh, in Dallas. It's easy to forget um, in recent years when he hasn't been calling plays, but you know, in the Tony Romo era, uh, he was really the one designing the offense still. And I think Golden Tate can be a Miles Austin type player, and I think Evan Ingram can be a more athletic version of. Jason Witten, and I think Saquon Barkley is an even more talented version of a uh, Demarco Murray or uh, you know Felix Jones, Marion Barber, um, you know combination type player. So I think this offense can be really good, and and Daniel Jones has plenty of outlets, and he would certainly benefit statistically even if the team's bad because those players are the types of uh, guys that can create on their own. I want nothing to do with Sam Darnold. Sean uh, Siegel and I have gone head to head over this a little bit and some of the drafts that we've co-managed this offseason, I, I don't trust Adam Gase. I think the Jets are an abysmal uh, offense talent-wise. Chris Herndon's the only guy that I kind of sort of want, and it's just because he's so cheap relative to the target volume I think we will get. But, I mean, I wouldn't even have interest in Darnold in a 2QB league.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And Hurtman's getting great reports now that he's a guy who could absolutely light it up for him. Absolutely across the board. Curtis, you've been great, man. One more question and I'll get you out of here. I love going for the bold fantasy football prediction here. You can go any direction you want with this. You, You have knowledge of the players before they come in the league. Long term, the guys this year. So I'm curious what's your bold prediction? Do you see a player having an impact right away? Somebody who's under the radar, who's a great value? Do you see a second half of the year guy maybe coming on who's sort of, you know, like Chubb did that year where he was laying in the weeds or Miles Sanders last year, who everyone believed in, then everyone jumped off the bus. Then he basically was a fantasy football championship winner. Give me your bold take here. Something that with everything going on, you sort of have an idea that this could happen.
1: Well, I'll I'll give you a a quick twofer because we already hinted at one of them. We said that Joe Burrow was going to break the rookie touchdown records. Well, if he does that, he's definitely going to be a fantasy QB one. So that would be bold take. Number one, Joe Burrow as a rookie top 12 fantasy quarterback. Um, but, you know, kind of the the bonus level here. I'm going to say James Conner, top eight running back for fantasy and PPR this year.
0: That's a great one because, listen, the Steelers used the one running back. Conner was super productive. And if he gets hurt, I, I who do you think the guy is behind them there? Could it really be Benny Snell?
1: I think if he gets hurt, it's a timeshare between Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. Um, and I do think Benny Snell would have some flex utility. If that happens, but I expect it'll be a true committee. Whereas with Connor, I mean the GM even came out this uh this spring and basically chalked up twenty nineteen to being unlucky, called Connor a Pro Bowl level player. Uh, and you know, I mean Mike Tomlin's been effusive in his praise for him all offseason and calling him the Bell Cow. So, uh, they haven't really lied about their running back usage there in Pittsburgh, and we've seen that, you know, the tendency is they like to find a guy and ride him and Connor's already given us that, you know, previously in his career. And when you look at his splits with and without Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, this is a 300 PPR P- uh, pace type player when Roethlisberger's under center. It's just a totally different situation. And Big Ben looks as healthy as he's been probably in three or four seasons. So I think Connor's being egregiously underdrafted right now when you start to poke holes in some of the backs in front of him.
0: a oh, great call. Connor and Burrow making AFC North fans very happy. Folks, Curtis Patrick... Co-owner, chief branding officer here at The Viz. Honored to have him on and give us a few minutes here. He's super busy guy. Dynasty Command Center. Got to check it out. Has the knowledge of the players that rivals anyone in the business here across the board. Great guy to have on. Ton of fun. Thanks so much, Curtis. We appreciate it. It looks like the season's going to happen. We're thrilled. We're so close here. Less than basically two weeks away for that opening game. So fired up, man. Thanks for coming on The Meg and giving us some, some great insight.
1: Let's go, baby, man. I'm ready to get some uh, trophies. I hope you won a couple too, Mike. Uh, Thanks for having me on.
0: Anytime. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovisradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio and at Randall Rant. Make sure you tell a friend, and don't forget to sign up for a 10% discount on our podcast homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast it's a no-brainer folks thanks for tuning in did somebody say playoffs NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all that action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into the fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures and props. So take advantage of the return of sports and remember that casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code Blue Wire to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag promo code Blue BETONLINE, Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.